You are listening to Media the Madams is Amory Sky. Hello, beloved. Welcome to another episode and welcome to Women's History Month. Inspired by the Netflix series, The Chair, starring Sandra Oh, I want to discuss how black women are treated in the higher education space. So in this series, we'll be speaking with professors, researchers, um, black women who help other black students through their matriculation in higher education, as well as black women who are currently in advanced degree programs and how they make sure to advocate for themselves in those programs. So I hope you get something out of this series coming up, but our first interview today is Dr. Asha Brown. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Dr. Brown, could you introduce yourself? Yes, I can. So I am. <laughs> I'm Dr. Asha Brown. I am an assistant professor at the University of Louisville um, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and I am in the Department of Health Promotion and Behavioral Sciences in the School of Public Health and Information Sciences. A mouthful, but that is me. Oh, I'm also the director of the Center for Social Justice Youth Development Research at the University of Louisville. Okay, can you tell me a little about about your background? Sure, yeah. So my background, my education is, um, I graduated from Texas A&M University twice. Um, So all of my higher education degrees come from Texas A&M University. in College Station, Texas. And so my bachelor's degree is in psychology with a double minor in Africana studies and women and gender studies. Um, And then I started a master's program immediately after graduating with my bachelor's in 2012 um, in recreation park and tourism sciences with an emphasis in youth development. A year into that master's program, I went to my advisor and told her I did not wanna write a thesis. I would rather just spend my energy and time writing a dissertation and she told me in true you know black woman fashion um you're already doing the work of a phd student because you're an overachiever and so we're just gonna like enroll you in the phd program and so i did not complete the master's degree but i completed a doctorate um and graduated in 2016 with a phd in recreation park and tourism sciences with an emphasis in youth development Oh, and then I did a postdoc at the University of Louisville um, with the CDC's Youth Violence Prevention Research Center and the Center for Health Equity at the Louisville Metro Government Health Department. Okay. And what are your current research interests? Um, and how do you, are you currently pursuing them at the University of Louisville? Yeah, so my research interests have always centered around um, identity development and um, really looking at how racism impacts um, 
young people's understandings of who they are. And, and then I transitioned into really focusing in on um, really using the what's called the social justice youth development framework to um, examine how community recreational spaces and community centers and community spaces um, can be used as a tool for young people to have access to um, education that is focused in on their identity development, on their civic engagement, like understanding of how to engage civically in your community and how to engage in social change. And also um, how community spaces are also opportunities to celebrate their identities. Specifically, I've done some work around the celebration of your Black identity and what that looks like in community spaces for young people. So a lot of my work is surrounding healing-centered recreational spaces for young people. And now, recently, I've started doing a lot of research and gotten a lot of funding to um, develop a certification program for those who work with youth. I call them youth development workers. Um, so if you've ever gone to an after-school program or you've ever um, gone to any kind of youth program growing up, you had people who work there that I'm sure cared for you and were caring adults in your life. And so how do we make sure that those folks have the resources they need um, and the trainings and support that they need to be able to um, be effective in supporting young people? And so now I'm building a certification program that's rooted in teaching them how to embed equity into their work and teaching them how to um, embed social justice practices and principles into their work as well. Okay. I attended one of your lectures recently, so um, I kind of feel you're familiar with the answers, but what are your two top likes about currently being in academia? Yeah, so really great question. This might be different than what I said um, when I was doing that talk, because I don't remember what my response was. But I think that one of my top two things that I love about um, being in the academy is what I love my students. Um, especially my doc students, like they are my support system um, in a lot of ways. Um, I am, I graduated with my doctorate at the age of 25, which I don't recommend. Um, <laughs> I just didn't know how to take care of myself then. And so I'm still figuring out how to take care of myself. But I will say that I'm very close in age with a lot of my students. And so with that, um, there is so much community that's built um, and because we share identities of most of my students are Black women, um, just the, the ways in which I get to not only do mentorship and engage in mentorship with them, but also just like, like laugh and have joy and, and joke. Um, those are the things that like keep me in the academy is to make sure that there are safe spaces um, for Black women working on their PhD. So that's, that's one big thing. And then the second thing is the autonomy that I have in my research. And so if I have a research question or if I have something that I wanna explore, I do a lot of community engaged research. I spend a lot of time in community trust building. I spend a lot of time in community just showing up to different events, just connecting with folks and building relationships with folks. Like the ability to have a position at a university that values that community engagement um, is, is one of the, this is the second biggest reason why I remain and continue to stay in the academy because I know a lot of positions might not necessarily create room and create space for that. Um, so that is the second reason why I um, am here. Okay. 
so but now what are your top two dislikes about being black in the ivory tower only two i only get two you four max (laughs) (laughs) i mean i have a long list um so i'll say like if i had to name four thank you for my extra two i appreciate it um so one is like the biggest one is just the fact that like a lot of the expectations of my role as a tenure track assistant professor um, is that I publish, is that I do research, is that there's just a lot of pressure to produce. Um, And there's not a lot of time um, to be able to take care of yourself under those circumstances. Um, And so I spend a significant amount of time Um, mentoring and advising students that I think that other faculty who are probably under similar constraints on being on the tenure track are not having to do because they don't share the identities um, that my students share with me in the same way. And so there are ways that students confide in me that I love, right? I love that part of my job. But I think the downside to that is that I spend a significant more time doing that than being able to produce publications and being able to um, really focus on getting my research out or spend a significant amount of time prepping my courses or making sure that I'm effective in my teaching. And so um, just like the academy not recognizing the emotional labor that Black women um, have to do in the academy, especially in the way that we show up for other Black women students and also just Black people in the academy in general, as well as students of color. And so um, that's like a big thing um, that I that's like one of the biggest things. And then the second thing is just like the academy, a lot of the practices are rooted in white supremacy. And so over it. And (laughs) that is a lot. I don't also particularly like the hierarchy and the fact that graduate students, especially graduate research assistants are viewed as like a labor force and not necessarily given access to the resources they need to be successful. And so we expect them to write a dissertation and do their own studies, but we don't give them money to be able to do that. We expect them to be healthy and and help us write our publications and all these things, but we don't really give them access to quality healthcare. Like if they have something going on with their teeth, they have to pay out of pocket um, for the dentist sometimes. And so like just not supporting, they don't have livable wages. Um, That's another thing that I do not like about the academy is that I'm almost forced to um, exploit my graduate students um, in order for me to get tenure. And so I try really hard to resist that, but I'm embedded inside of a system um, that makes it really difficult to not do that. And that that's really hard. So I, my grad students know that they get all the grace um, and I give them all the room to take care of themselves and I make sure that that's a priority. So those are some of like the biggest things and just, you know, elite white men just making decisions that they know nothing about um, and not centering equity. Um, yeah, it's just the worst. Do you feel like you felt it more since the pandemic? Um, I will say that mm, honestly, no, like I knew I felt this as a graduate student. And when I took on a faculty role, I took it on with the purpose of, and with the intention of calling out these things in the system. Um, I had a very difficult 
time in graduate school managing my mental health. I had a very difficult time managing all of the things that I was being asked to do. Um, I graduated with no publications because I was so anxious about trying to be perfect and trying to meet the expectations of, of people and just being afraid to even write anything because of that. And so I, I walked into the academy with the understanding that those were the conditions that graduate students were expected to perform under and really being motivated to make sure that my graduate students didn't didn't like that I could like almost protect them. I know I can't, but like almost like create a safe haven for them to where they don't feel so much of that pressure and they have a space to kind of like vent about that um, with me. Okay. And finally, what is your advice to other black women who want to continue their education, um, whether it's master's or PhD, as well as those who want to work in the academy in the future? Yeah, so like my biggest word of advice is to center what I, you know, embed into my courses, this idea of like self-preservation. And it is rooted in, you know, Audre Lorde's quote um, around self-preservation, but being an act of political warfare, but also like this idea that we, we have to center ourselves and center our community in the work that, that we do. Right. And so um, I think a lot of times I chose my like being successful in my career and and I would ignore things happening to my body mentally, physically, emotionally, because I had to just keep it moving. Like I had to just keep going because that was the expectations that I had of myself and the expectations that everybody around me had of me is that you're already so successful. Like why you can't fall apart right now. And it's like, no, fall apart. If you need to fall apart is something that I encourage, um, us to really ground ourselves in we don't give ourselves room to do that and i think that like if anything that like my biggest word of advice is if you need to take a break take a break if you need rest rest right because at the end of the day the academy is going to like choose itself over you and so when you choose yourself over the academy you are sacrificing so much of who you are um, in the process. And so, yeah, that's due tomorrow, but you know what? Send that email asking for an extension and keep it like go lay down because it's not worth it to sacrifice your body and your rest um, and ability to restore. You're not going to be able to be your best in that way. So that's just like one of the biggest lessons that I wish I knew when I was working on my doctorate is like knowing how to say no, knowing when things are too much and knowing when and how to communicate that things are too much and I need more time or I need to drop off of this project and learning to not feel bad about it, learning to know that when I say no to other people and no to other things, that's saying yes to me. Um, and I need to say yes to me more than I say yes to other people. So I'll stop talking, but I think that's like, oh, that is like huge for me. Now you covered a lot in the things aren't always said um, about what goes on in higher ed. And I think some people aren't aware of the pressures that black women face yeah. at any level of working in the academy because mm -hmm. white men are atrocious. Um, cause they definitely caused me to burn out. Yep. Burnout is so real. And so prevention or trying to sustain yourself looks like 
saying yes to you. And saying yes to you might mean that you have to say no to this beautiful, shiny project that you really want to do, but you just don't have capacity and that's okay. Maybe it's a no, not right now. And, and being okay with no, not right now, maybe later. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's the episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, self-preservation is key. One love, Amory Sky. Shine on me.